Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there, guys, and welcome to Exploring Possibility. This is episode number 31. As usual, if you are a new listener tuning in today, welcome for your first time. I'm happy to have you here today. If you don't mind subscribing to the show, um, just to make sure that you don't miss out on any future episodes, that would be amazing. And then afterwards, if you really enjoyed the episode, leave a comment or just leave us a, a review if you're listening on iTunes so we can get this episode out to more people. Today was quite a, an impactful day. I mean, I'm sure most of us are feeling the, the impact of the coronavirus and uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic issue that we're all experiencing as humanity. And just, there, there's been so many things running through my mind today, but I try to stay positive. I try to see you know, the, the best out of, or I try to make the best out of the situation and empower myself and get myself into a state where I'm still able to function properly, properly with everything that's happening around me and also to just continue to work on this podcast, work on bringing you guys things that inspire, things that bring balance, things that help us to help us to think differently and just to keep us strong and courageous and, you know, forward thinking and also just also content and grateful and all those sorts of things. So having all of that sort of like off of my chest and out of the way, <laughs> let me introduce you to today's episode as we'll continue to explore, you know, the people that help me expand human potential. So without any further ado, today's guest is Jim Cathcart, and he's an American entrepreneur, speaker, and author. He's also a leadership development expert. He's a mentor. He's a strategic advisor, motivational expert, sales consultant, entertainer, and also the author of 20 books. 20 books. That's so many. Uh, I don't think I've even read 20 books in my life. In any case, uh, some of, the, some of those books include The Acorn Principle, one of the principles which I absolutely love, and we dig into that during this episode. And then also, he's the author of The Relationship Selling. It's an international bestseller. Actually, both of them actually are. He's also a TEDx speaker. He made it onto a TEDx stage, and that is where I came across his work. Um, his TEDx video got into the top 1% of most watched videos for, for TED. It had over 1.9 million views. I'm pretty sure it's over that now. Last thing about Jim is that he's been conducting immersive training experiences for people who want to transcend their current limits and expand their life. Now, if you listen to that last sentence, you can imagine why I got Jim onto the show. He helps people to transcend their current limits, exactly what I'm trying to do. And what we're trying to do as a community and people together to get beyond our current limits, whatever that limit is to you, and expand your life by expanding your potential, expanding your mind, and therefore expanding the potential and the possibility that lives with inside of you, the possibility that exists within your life. Some things we touched on were just the, the qualities of yourself that you need to bring to the world. We spoke about motivation and how it's, if you break up the word, what it is made up of and how you can create that within your own life. Yeah. Uh, you know, we spoke about taking first steps towards your goals and the power minutes, all these things that are all related to getting you to the field of extraordinary, so extraordinary people, to getting to that level, to getting to that, that way of being. We spoke about all of that and also just mainly on how to believe in yourself. That's just something I struggled with for years and just having spoken to Jim and just gave me a sh short little sort of reminder of how I was when I was younger and how I am now and how, how I can see myself growing each and every time, each and every time I do this episode or these episodes. So it was a lovely talk. It was a long discussion. 
but it was filled with magnificent stuff. It was filled with awesome tips and great stories. You'll see that Jim, he's a fanatic. He loves personal development. He loves chatting and he loves exploring different topics. Now we can get into the show. Enjoy. Hi there, guys. Welcome to Exploring Possibility. And today we'll be talking about belief, especially belief in ourselves, perhaps even belief in others. And today I've got a special man by the name Jim Cathcart. And he is here today to assist us with uh, all of that, you know, just to clear it out a bit, just to discuss it a bit, to distill it down so we can understand it and use it practically in our own lives. So, Jim, welcome to the conversation. Thank you, Christopher. It's great to be with you. Awesome stuff. So as usual, I love chatting around all things, you know, just as I mentioned, belief, possibility, things that empower us, things that strengthen us, things that take us forward, expand our potential, our potential. Things that allow us to live our lives more fully. Exactly. It, yeah. it just ups your life quality and also the quality of others, the quality of the planet that we live on and all those things. So it's like inf infinite potential. But before we jump into all these cool concepts, let's just give people a little bit of background on who you are. So just briefly, like, tell us a little bit about who Jim is. Sure. I'm a professional speaker and author. I've written 20 books and published them around the world, all in the area of personal development. So everything's been focused on business success and, and uh, living an abundant life. I uh, started doing this when I was, well, years ago, in my 20s, I heard a man on the radio, so like listening to you today, Christopher, and I uh, got inspired by what he was saying, and I decided to change my life from being a fat, overweight, uh, out-of-shape government clerk to being someone who was involved in the field of personal development. Well, today, I've delivered over 3,300 paid speeches and seminars around the world. I've been to every state in the United States, every province of Canada, uh, many, many countries around the world. In the last five years, I've been in 71 cities in China on lecture tours, and my 20 books have sold, you know, in the millions and, and uh, reached many, many people. I've been president of the National Speakers Association in the USA, and we were the founder of the Global Speakers Federation, which is a group of professional speakers, authors, experts, consultants, uh, researchers, and such around the world. And um, uh, let's see, I'm a mountain trail runner three days a week. Been doing that for 18 years. I Love ride it. motorcycles. I've got a Triumph Bonneville 1200cc that I love and uh, ride it as often and as far as I can. I play guitar and sing in night clubs and at special events. And my wife sings with me. And I've got a friend, Dave, who plays lead guitar behind me. I've got a happy family that turned out beautifully and uh, is a good testimony to all the techniques that I learned over the years from people like you and programs like this, because I decided if I was going to be an expert in the field of personal growth someday, that I had to live what I was learning. So if you don't live what you learn, you just become a repository for data. And that's kind of useless. You know, you're just another website. Yep. But if you want to be a, a, a resource to truly help make the world a better place because you're in it, you've got to live what you've learned. And if it doesn't work, you've got to admit it and move on to something else and learn something new. So I've done that. And I've, I've uh, tried and failed, tried and succeeded, succeeded again, failed again, succeeded many more times. And I'm living a very abundant life. I'm 73 years old, happy as can be and just really eager for the next phase. So bring it on. Thank you for sharing all of that and showing that you are definitely a multifaceted human being. <laughs> There's so much more to life than just, as, as even though we're discussing like belief and success and all those things, it's not just that. There's, there's so much more that oh. adds to the quality of life, right? Absolutely. So and the more you give of your talents, the more you do what you're designed to do, you know, you, what you're innately able to do, the better you do it, the more you do it, not only the more life is better for the world, but the more happy and fulfilled and meaningful your life is. And so you're healthier, you're more pleasant to be around, more productive, <laughs> you become a magnet for more good things. And I think that's the key. 
you know, decide what you want, what you dream about, what you would like to bring into reality, and then become the kind of person who would attract that. So you're not running down the road to find that. You are becoming the kind of person that would draw things like that to him or her. Mm-hmm. Drawing all the opportunities and things towards you that will enable yeah. you to become that person. Let's let's touch on that. So many of us, some of us think we, we know who we are, but many of us, we don't know who we are or who we're most supposed to be. Don't. Yeah, well, most of yeah. us don't. So we're lacking that integrity and we're a little bit of uncertain of why we're here. I think most of us, that might be the case. Um, speaking in general here. And somewhere yeah. deep inside, you say that you know who you are designed to be. So how, how is this true for you? And then do you really know who you are designed to be? <laughs> if you can I answer that question. All of this, well, the, the way I mean that is that mm. when things are right, you can tell. You don't have to think it through. You don't have to pause and let me reflect on that. You just mm. get it. It's like the day I met my wife to be. Uh, I was applying for a job at a bank and she came out to take me back to her boss for the interview. And she recognized me from seeing me at the student union at at, uh, university. We had seen each other, but never really spoken. And she came out and she looked at me and she said, well, hi. (laughs) And I said, hi. (laughs) And I knew I somehow deep inside, I knew Mm. if I asked her out, this was going to be a permanent relationship. Wow. So I put it off for two weeks. (laughs) And then one day I asked her on a date and seven months later we were married. And now we're married 50 years this year. Well, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) That is massive. The same thing's true when it comes to your career. Yes. I was working as a clerk. I was a, Mm. I was 20 something years old. I was 50 pounds overweight, Wow. 50 pounds. Uh, and I smoked two packs a day. I was, you know, fat and, and not strong. Um, had a new wife and baby at home, no college degree, no money in the bank, no connections, no people I could, I could open doors through. And I, I was a little depressed, you know, I was in this dead end job, nothing happening much. And the, the job was assistant to a man who didn't need an assistant. So I was bored all day long. Mm. I'm reading books. I read the Bible cover to cover at work in a three-month period. I had that much spare time. And um, I was reading books on urban renewal, which is the type of government agency I worked in. And I realized I didn't care much about that career path. And then one day I heard a man on the radio, Earl Nightingale, who was on 900 stations around the world. The legend of personal development. Indeed. He was Mm. called the Dean of Personal Mm. Development. And I heard him. I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, central southern portion of the United States. And um, uh, he was based in Chicago and, and broadcast all over the world. And he said, if you'll spend one extra hour every day studying your chosen field, in five years or less, you'll be a national expert in that field. And I thought, wait a minute, an extra hour a day beyond my normal work, I could do that. I'm a government clerk. I've got eight hours a day. <laughs> um, extra hour a day, five days a week, 50 weeks a year, five years, that's 1,250 hours on any subject mm. that would make you a leading authority. So I thought, what do I want to be an expert at? And then it hit me, I want to do what he's doing. I had no idea what that meant. But somewhere deep inside, I knew what that man on the radio was doing to help people grow and succeed was what I wanted to do with my life. So did you feel positive and curious about that? I did, but I Mm. didn't know anything. I didn't Mm. even know what questions to ask. I'd never been to a convention. Wow. I'd never heard a public speaker except in school you know, at the school assemblies mm. or on television, I'd seen a, 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 a preacher from a church mm. or a politician, uh, but that was it. And I'd never read a book on personal development, so I was not involved in, in that field in any way. I had never set a goal in my life, as far as I know. That's scary. <laughs> or at least, you know, I hadn't written one down. Yes, I yes. had had dreams and wishes, but not goals. And... Um, 
you will let me pause. If it's not written down, it's not a goal yet. It may be a dream, a wish, mm-hmm. an intention, but it's not a goal yeah. until you write it down and get serious about it. Yes. Um, so I was just sort of free floating, you know, just waiting for the world to basically tell me what was next. And then I heard this guy on the radio and I said, boy, I'd love to do what he does, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what he did. And so I just started taking his advice. I'm going to study an hour a day whenever I can this field of, of personal achievement, you mm. know, personal growth. So I, I asked around. I got some suggestions. I, I read the classic books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, The Power of Positive Thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. Yeah. Um, I heard Classics. the recording, The Strangest Secret by Earl mm. Nightingale. Um, That's quite I read amazing. On and on. Well, what happened, I'll give you a peek into the future. This was 1972. Hmm. Pause. Yes, I'm that old. <laughs> okay, 1972. I'm in my 20s. Hmm. And I hear this guy on the radio and I'd start studying that field. And I pick up these books from these people like W. Clement Stone, who was the richest man in America at, at the time. He had written a book called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. Turns out he was once the personal manager, like an agent, for Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich. I also read a book called The Greatest Salesman in the World, written by a man named Og O.G. Mandino. Og Mandino was the president of Success Unlimited magazine, owned by W. Clement Stone, who had been the personal manager of Napoleon Hill, who had been an assistant to Andrew Carnegie, and, you know, take it back through history to the beginning of time, all of these great mega influential Mm. people had been passing this torch from generation to generation. Yeah. So I come along and I'm reading these books and I get another book called See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar. And um, I've read these books and I I discovered the Junior Chamber of Commerce, the JCs. And they were forming a new JC's chapter in my local community in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I said, well, I want to join this chapter. JC's are like Kiwanis, Rotary, you know, groups, Lions Clubs, International. Um, It's a civic club, a social group that does uh, activities in the community. And um, so I decided I wanted to join the JC's. And I said, I'll join this new chapter. And they said, okay, you get to be one of the officers. Well, okay. (laughs) Do you want to be president? No, 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 no. Okay, then you'll be the liaison between your chapter and the state headquarters. So you'll go to the state headquarters in a nearby city, and you'll get information from them and come back and announce it to your chapter. I said, yeah, great, I'm in. So I recruited 13 of the original 20 members of our chapter by just going around the community and saying, hey, we're forming a new group. Would you like to join? And um, so we got our members and started holding these meetings. And one of the things that JCs do, which is different from Rotary or Lions or something, is their purpose is not community service. Their activity is community service, but Mm. their purpose is leadership training for young adults. Wow. That's exactly what I needed. So they had a program called Leadership in Action, and it was a group discussion program. And I said, well, I want to participate in that. And they said, okay, here's a workbook. We're going to have a meeting on Saturday. Come to the meeting. So I came to this meeting with maybe eight other people. And we sat around a table, and each person would read a portion of one of the four chapters in this workbook. Mm-hmm. And then we would discuss it. And that was the end of the meeting. Well, that doesn't sound very profound, but for me, it was a breakthrough into eternity. I mean, it was huge because we were talking about setting goals and about interpersonal communication, about leadership, about motivation, how to get yourself to do things, Hmm. how to make better decisions, things like that, that just, you know, the first time in my mind, I didn't even have a file to put them in yet. So I, I said, let's do it again. And they said, well, we don't have anyone to lead it. 
And I said, well, how do you lead it? They said, well, here's the leader's guide. Read that. And I said, okay. I read it. And I said, I can do that. Well, to make a long story shorter, not short, but shorter, I led that next week's meeting and the next meeting and the next meeting. In two years, I led 400 meetings discussing those subjects with other young adults all around the state of Arkansas. I, I drove as, as much as three and four hours one way to remote cities in the evenings and in weekends to conduct a group discussion and then drive back home, sleeping in roadside parks on the way home. That's intense. Alive. And um, 400 meetings in two years will make you pretty good at anything. So I was becoming very popular throughout the entire state, 280 separate chapters, mm. uh, as a leader of, of uh, leadership training programs. And then I started getting requests to give speeches. Now, I'm still working for $500 a month during the day, struggling to pay my bills, mm. driving a car I bought at an auction, you know, for a few hundred dollars. And... Uh, being concerned about whether I had enough money for gas to get to and from these meetings because none of them paid. 400 meetings, zero income. 400 <laughs> meetings after working on weekends, zero income. That is known as fanaticism. Yeah. So I was superiorly fanatical about mm. the field of personal development. And my growth, personal growth went like this. Exponential curve. Just straight up. And so I was getting better and better at everything in my life just organically because of what I was doing in the evenings and on weekends. Mm -hmm. And um, so my boss noticed that and he said, hey, I want you to take on this new activity. Well, I did it very well. He said, well, come to my office and let's talk. And this is not the man I'm assistant to. This is his boss's boss. So I go to the guy's office and we talk and he said, I want you to become the staff assistant to the board of directors. Well, okay. So I moved into the main office, got a corner office for myself and was put in charge of doing the, you know, basically being the implementer for the board of directors. Mm -hmm. Well, that got me more raises and more promotions. And then I reached a decision point. Do I stay or do I go out on my own? And I yep. had the opportunity to go out on my own selling motivational recordings from, pause for it, Earl Nightingale. That's massive. There was a man in Arkansas who was a distributor for Earl Nightingale's company. And so I was listening to Earl Nightingale on the radio in 1972. Two years later, 1974, I'm in business on my own as a distributor selling Earl Nightingale's recordings door-to-door -to, -door to businesses. Fast forward 10 years from there, I'd, I'd gone fully into the field of personal development, owned my own company, moved to California when I met a college professor that wanted to be in the same business and we were good friends. And, um, so I'm, I'm in California, 10 years later, 1984. Phone rings, I pick it up, and I hear the voice of Earl Nightingale. But this time it says, may I speak to Jim Cathcart? You're like, this is a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, th I thought it was some kind of a hoax. And yeah. I was ready for the punchline. And he <laughs> said, Mr. Cathcart, this is Earl Nightingale. I said, oh, believe me, sir. I, 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 I. Right? He, said, he said, I sell motivational recordings. And I read an article of yours in a magazine recently that I think would make a good motivational recording. Wow. And I said, uh, the article you're referring to is a recording. It's called Relationship Strategies for Dealing with the Differences in People. It's on personality types. And by the way, it was the first recorded album commercially available on the subject of personality types in the world. Hmm. In the world. There were books, there was research, there was Dr. Mm -hmm. Carl Jung, there were other people that had developed, you know, uh, William Marston, who had developed the DISC model for personality types, yeah. but none of them had an audio program. And my partner and I had researched all of them and come up with this that we called relationship strategies that he now calls the platinum rule.
treat mm-hmm. people the way they want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And um, so Nightingale said, if you'll send that, that album to me, maybe we'll publish it. Well, he did. So in 1972, I heard him on the radio. In 1974, I was selling his recordings door to door. In 1984, his company was selling my recordings and they sold three and a half million US dollars of that in two years. I went from nowhere to worldwide well known in that span of time by focusing on the one thing that most resonated with my soul and told me this is the path you should follow. Yeah, that's, that is like, it still blows my mind of what actually happened with you and how your life changed. And it just, it was from that one decision. It was from that decision you made to say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow that curiosity. And that's what I want to touch on now is you mentioned so many things within that, that, that backstory of yours. And it's like the things that I'm taking from that is, you, you, you knew your values. You knew what you valued in life. You sort of, you were also like... Well, the values your- that I cared about. Yes. I didn't know how I could be valuable to the world, but I knew the things that your I personal valued. personal values. The qualities, the personal traits. Yes. You know, I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to have a meaningful life and I mm. wanted to make a difference. Yeah, And exactly. I didn't think I ever would. Exactly. And so you had those personal values. You just followed what I put down as your gut instinct and what I'm sometimes referred to as the curiosity inside of us. If you're so curious about something, that's the thing you might become fanatical about. And that's the thing that you followed that string and you were like unraveling that string, pulling it together. And you, at, at the end of it, you came up with this big ball of string, which is now this, this magnificent thing that you come up with, which is where you are today. And I think a lot of the times things, it now seems common to us, but it's not common to us when we, it wasn't common to us when we started. So like you'd think, how do I, how did I not set goals at that time? How did I not think in this way at that time? Like it seems so common now. It seems like everyone, the person, your neighbor, your next door neighbor should be thinking like this, but they don't. And that is one of the biggest things that I've found in my own life is when I speak to people, they, I can't comprehend the type of language that they still use or the narrative and the things that they say. And the way they believe in themselves. And that is basically why I have you on today is to, to sort of like this, um, demystify this, you know, and to make it more clear of how we can start to believe more you know, in ourselves. We've got apps that do yes. that, you know, right? It, it's so common. You see ads on TV for weight loss and it says, don't change only what you eat. Change the way you think. Use our system, you know. And when I was starting... Nobody knew these things. You know, people didn't set goals. No one talked about personal achievement. There was Mm. no, as a matter of fact, businesses rejected my attempts to get them to to buy motivational training materials. They said, we don't need that. We have well-educated people. They thought school (laughs) was the only place you got this. And, um, And they didn't think adults should ever go back to class. You know, there was no such thing as adult learning at the time. And to put it in context, I I was selling audio cassettes. Mm. And I had to sell people cassette players and batteries so that they could listen to the audio cassettes. But first I had to sell them that adult learning is a good idea. Learning soft skills, which is what we call them, you know, the the, uh, skills of interpersonal communication, personal development, strategic thinking, things like that, were worth learning, um, that you could learn by listening and then doing, uh, that audio cassettes would be a good medium to do it through, and that I was a credible resource to buy from. I had to make those five sales before I could get one $30 purchase. And uh, so I had to virtually create my own market. But let me add a footnote to this that is really cool from my point of view. After all this happened and started unfolding and my career advanced, I had the opportunity to personally work with W. Clement Stone, to become friends with Og Mandino, to meet, go jogging, and attend church with Zig Ziglar and his wife. I'm speaking next month in Dallas, Texas, 
to the Zig Ziglar Corporation. Zig's passed away now, mm. but his son and, and the family of people that are continuing his legacy are bringing me in to be a keynote speaker for their annual gathering. I've become the president of the National Speakers Association. I created the professional education program that all, all of the Speakers Association members use around the world. Um, I've won the Golden Gavel Award, which is the highest award given by Toastmasters International. Hmm. And I wasn't even a member of Toastmasters except for a three-month period in 1976. Um, uh, virtually every award given in, th in the field of professional speaking and training, I've received. The Cavett Award, Founders Award of the National Speakers Association, and the uh, Speaker Hall of Fame, Sales and Marketing Hall of Fame. But the most important thing from my point of view is I became a colleague, a work co-worker with Earl Nightingale, with W. Clement Stone, Og Mandino, Zig Ziglar, all these people. Wow. To think that you and I can start at nowhere with no skills, no track record of academic achievement, because I wasn't an A student. I was an average or below average student in school um, and and be able to do these things is just astounding and today where the world no longer judges people poorly because of their skin color or their disabilities or where they were born or their you know whatever uh, their gender you know their age in today's world with the internet oh my god the opportunities are exploding all around you. It's like being in the middle of a popcorn machine and popcorn's <laughs> what you're trying to seek. And it's exploding everywhere. Just reach out. That is quite a fascinating way of seeing it. I've never thought about the popcorn, but yes. Me either. If you're, if, you're still, if you're still listening, thank you for uh, still cheating us and listening to us today. And think about that popcorn idea. It's quite fascinating. Um, but... Now, there's the, the message that I'm taking from what you just said, that last part, and also the belief that I see people need to adopt is the fact that even though you think that you're ordinary, which, which might be the case, you must have the belief that you can become extraordinary. You, that, Absolutely. That is the start. Now, I want to take me, a further. Let me interrupt what, you for next? just a second. Just a second. The, what's the difference between ordinary and extraordinary? Extra. Extra. It's not I've never thought what about that. you do, it's what you do extra. Mm. It's not the hours you put in, it's the extra hour you focus on the one field you're pursuing. It's the extra. It's, it's not the mile you run, it's the mile and one city block or mile and one more tree. Gotcha. It, it's not the, the sit-ups, the 20 sit-ups or crunches you do, it's the 21st one. That's a very good point. I, as I mentioned, I'm 73 years old and I do mountain trail running three days a week and I always keep my time. So I can tell you exactly what my time was going all the way back to 2002 on every run, every, every week, all that time. I can also tell you that since October 23rd, 2016, I've done 100 push-ups every day without exception, including on days when I was ill. Hmm. A hundred push-ups every day, and I always do one extra, just to remind me. So I'll do a, I'll do like sixty-one, and then go back on my knees and catch my breath, and then do the mm. other forty. Mm. I love that. Also, just taking the quick pause or the quick break, and still going for that stretch. Oh well, I have to because at sixty-five, I would just fall flat on the floor. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so now, <laughs> what that tells me is that. Even, with, even when you set out your goals and you have your vision of where you want to go, you still need to stretch yourself wherever you are. You need to stretch. You need to go a little bit beyond. You need to go the extra and extraordinary to actually get there. It's not That's just right. about the doing the The only difference thing. between ordinary and extraordinary is extra. And anyone can do extra. Peter Vidmar in the 1980s at the Olympics was the gold medal champion, men's gymnastics. And Peter's a friend of mine, a colleague. And one day he was telling me, he said, Jim, I always showed up for practice 15 minutes earlier than the other kids 
and stayed 15 minutes later. He said, I'm convinced it was that 15 minutes extra that allowed me to become a gold medalist. Because the difference between an extremely impressive Olympian and an Olympic champion is only that much extra. Mm. And he said, that's what I was willing to do that they evidently didn't think was necessary. And so I was able to surpass them. He said, I found the same thing to be true in all areas of life. So that's, that's pretty powerful stuff when you think about it. That is that's extremely extra. powerful. Okay. And, and one more thing. I do not have a college degree. I went to college for three years or two and a half. And uh, I just had average grades. I never excelled academically mm. except in single courses mm. in my entire life. Okay. Today, I'm a college professor. And I'm entrepreneur in residence at one university, uh, what they call artist in residence at another university, guest lecturer at multiple universities. I've served for 16 years on the Dean's Advisory Council for the School of Management for California Lutheran University. And um, I'm a professor in their executive MBA program. What? <laughs> Think about that. That, that this is, is the same guy that was sitting at the at the Urban Renewal Agency, <laughs> boss to need some help, which he never ne needed. Yeah, well, two things. Thank you, Earl Nightingale, for for bringing that message because otherwise it would have been heard. And second, Jim, well done on taking the action, making the decision to follow through on that gut instinct, that curiosity, that feeling. And acting on it because I see a lot of people today don't act on what they feel. Myself, yeah. I, there's a lot of times where I get this, you know, this gut feel, but I just don't follow through because I've become fearful of things and I, and I tend to sort of withdraw and I know that we need to act on it. So part of what we're saying here today is you're just inspiring us to really go forward and follow through on those types of things. And another thing that you just mentioned above and beyond the commitment and the consistency that you need to have to get to your goals and to get to your vision you need to put in that something little extra. And that's, this brings me to the idea of what you call success velocity. Could you just touch on that, what it means in this context, context as well? So people can yeah. perhaps have this well, equation. Think, think of the word velocity. It, it's the rate of advancement toward the target, right? Uh, muzzle velocity on a, on a rifle or whatever. That, that's the rate of advancement toward the target. It is not the speed of the bullet. It's the rate of advancement toward the target. That's, that's how we measure velocity. Every uh, automobile on a racetrack is traveling at a certain speed, but its velocity would only be usefully measured when measuring it toward its uh, advancement toward the finish line. Mm. So if you get on a racetrack, and let's say an oval, okay, oval racetrack, and you're going 200 miles an hour, and there's no race going on. Your velocity is zero. Your speed's 200 miles an hour. Well, there are a lot of people in life whose speed may be 200 miles an hour. They're doing a million things very rapidly, nonstop. You know, mm -hmm. they're multitasking. They get up early. They go to bed late. They, they are always doing five or six different activities. They're, they're frenetic. But they're getting nowhere virtually maybe some advancement, but not yes. much, right? That's because they don't have a target that's clearly identified and committed to. It's not just having a target in mind, it's making a commitment to reach the target someday, somehow, with extra work maybe, you know, more painful to get there than I thought, okay, uh, more expensive to do it, okay, just keep going, don't give up on that goal if that goal truly resonates with your soul, right? Okay, so personal velocity is measured by the clarity of your commitment to your goal. Okay, so you got to have a commitment to, to achieving whatever it happens to be. Your focus on getting there, meaning that you, you take more and more of your activities and target them in that direction. So if you're relaxing, relax intentionally, meaning relax and think about some aspect of the path and how you can improve it 
or reflect on what's been going on and count your successes. Notice your strengths. Think about other people. How could you help them more? You can do that while you're relaxing, right? Mm -hmm. When you're exercising, what are you going to think about? Well, think about your breathing and think about your running. But (laughs) at the same time, your mind's going to wander around and play with other things. Choose what it's going to focus on, right? When you meet other people and you're deciding whether to build this relationship or let it go, be intentional. The more of your life percentage-wise that is intentional, the more rapidly you will advance toward your goal. So personal velocity is a matter of target, angle of approach, and intensity of, of the effort that's going in that direction. It's not just hard work. It's intelligent thinking and action that combines together to make a a compound effect that gets you exponential advancement sometimes, right? So that's that's personal success velocity. Mm -hmm. Companies and organizations and families and groups also have success velocity. And it has to do with the same thinking, but applied to individual people instead of individual parts of your life. So the more people committed to the goal, the more rapidly the goal is achieved. The more of people's attention that's focused on the goal, the more rapidly it's achieved. I ask people, how many people work for you? And a lot of them joke and say, about half. And I say, no. I mean, how many employees do you have? I've got 20. Okay. Of those 20 people, when they come to work, how much of themselves do they give to the work? Ooh. Uh 10%, 75%, 15%. Well, increase that percentage, right? Give them a reason to commit more to it because you're committing more to them and helping them have a success in working with you and and show people that you care so that they will have a reason to care about you. Gosh, there's so much to talk about. I'm enjoying this. Completely understood. I also, I can just chat about this for days. I wish that we can like, I can just have a weekend of people together with these sort of conversations and we can just- I'll tell you what, do it. Do it. Put one together, put one together and fly me over. I'd love to do that. I'll and definitely do We'll get together with a group of people for a weekend and we will transform their lives. I'll take you up on that. I love that idea. Right. That just sets my soul on fire. So why not? You know, why not? Sure. Not now while we have this coronavirus, but once this is no, over. No. <laughs> I actually wanted to mention the solution. <laughs> yeah, I actually wanted to mention that in the start of this conversation when you said you went to China so many times. I'm like, thank you for yeah. coming back. Because yes, it's much safer where you are now. But um, indeed, uh, so there's there's many things that we just spoke about, and there are so many things that people can take home after this discussion. And one of the most interesting things that I've ever heard you say or speak about is the this whole idea of producing great acorns. Use this yeah. metaphor of producing acorns. So just take us through that metaphor. What you okay. mean by it, how you define just that story, so we sure. can sort of relate to that and use it in our own lives. Because I'm I'm definitely going to write that down on my wall. It's just, it's, it's so captivating. So please Thank share you. it with us. Well, the seed of your future successes already lives within you. And I wrote a book called The Acorn Principle a few years ago, and it's become a worldwide bestseller. Um, the Acorn Principle is that the seed of your future successes already lives within you. So nurture your nature. In other words, structure your life to make it more and more of a perfect fit for the qualities that you bring to the world. If you're really good with numbers, start structuring your life so you're doing more and more with mathematics and accounting and and calculations and things like that. If you're really good with music, do that. Structure more and more. Well, I can't afford to. Yes, you can. The time that you're not getting paid for, spend more of that time Focusing on the thing that is your gift. If your gift is nurturing others, then focus on healthcare or nurturing or mm. or uh, nursing or psychology or counseling or you know whatever it happens to be education. Yes. Um, I found for me it was it was a combination of education and performance, which is public speaking basically. And uh, in Chinese, that's yan shuo. And uh, so. What I've done is I've become skilled at performing, which also helps with my guitar playing and singing. Yes. And vice versa. It helps my speaking. And I've become more and more skilled 
at understanding and explaining things in ways others can relate to. Yes. So I've become a good storyteller. I think it's such a great skill. I love storytelling as well. So the, the fact that you mentioned that, I can actually hear it in your speaking is the way that you convey a story and the way that you use those examples within stories. It's just like it shouts out to me. So it's quite great to see that in you as well. I know that you're quite a big advocate of self-motivation or what I would call commitment to a particular outcome or a process. Now, yeah. you know, it's about doing the things uh, that you need to be doing regardless of whether you feel like doing it or not. And I just want to touch on like why you feel that is important. Why do you feel that is like vital for us to Let's follow? look at the word motivation. Motive is a desire, right? It's a reason, it's a cause, it's a purpose, it's a focus, a goal, a motive. Like if you're hungry, food is your motive, right? Actually, no, food's your target. The, uh, satisfying your hunger is your motive, right? If you're in pain, alleviating the pain is your motive. So a motive without action is just a wish. Action without a motive is just random behavior. Motive action is motivation. Motive activated. Hmm. So motivation is easy to understand. Everyone's motivated. You know, I've, I've had people say to me, hey, I've got some people who aren't motivated that are on my team or in my family. No, you don't. You just have people with whom you don't agree on their motive. Hmm. Their motive might be comfort, yes. might be the avoidance of discomfort or the avoidance of pain or embarrassment. It could be, you know, because of great self-doubt, they just don't want to be in contact. They're agoraphobic because they're afraid someone else will make them feel bad. Okay. They've got a motive. It's just an unhealthy motive. So how do you help? Well, Focus on the nobler motives. Focus on the desirable, the helpful, the good motives and show people how to activate that. And the first step in activating it occurs during what I call the power minute. The power minute is the moment between, the opportunity gap between thinking or feeling it and doing something about it. I, I wrote a book I call The Power Minute. April 7, 2020 is the official publication date for this. Nice. The Almost Power there. Minute. And it was previously called the Self-Motivation Handbook, but that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's about taking that moment of opportunity and during the time between thinking about it and doing something about it, you act. For example, on the cover of the book is a pair of running shoes. And that has to do with how I got myself to become a runner when I was fat, out of shape, and smoking. I said, okay, I cannot commit to running every day, but I can commit to putting on my running shoes. I wanted to become fit, and I was a long, long way from it, you know, overweight and smoking and all that, and hadn't exercised in, in years. And so I said, I can't get myself to commit to a run every day, mm. but I, I can commit to showing up. So I became fanatical about always putting on my running shoes and walking out the door. And some days I would go ahead and run. And some days I would merely go for a walk. And some days I'd come back in the house and eat ice cream. So, you know, it, it, it didn't always work, but it always got that first olive out of the bottle. It always got me started so that I could be faced with the second challenge do I continue or go back? And that's the thing. Whatever it is you want to motivate yourself to do, do the first step. I don't have time to fill out my tax report now. It's too much work. Okay, put your tax material on top of the desk. Hmm. You don't have to do it. Just put it on top of the desk, right? Okay, it's on top of the desk. All right, just find the page that you have to fill out first. Hmm. I don't have time. I know. Just find the page. Okay, it's this page. Good. Set that in the center and leave. Okay. When you come back, write your name in the top box. Before long, you've done your entire tax return. So whatever it is, break the seal, open the box, and take whatever action seems appropriate to you. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So guys, just if you missed that, that is from his book, The Power Minutes. 
And I'll yeah. link that book into the show notes of this episode if you're looking to see more of that and just discover what Jim has to say within that book. Because if you think about this idea, it's quite fascinating and strong and such a deep insight if you actually grasp it that if you can break down your massive goal, which typically overwhelms people or your task at hand, you know, there's so much uncertainty within that. But if you can, what you just said lastly, if you can commit not to doing the entire thing, but just commit to showing up for one small yep. thing, you're already getting started. So that's the way you get in. It's your power minute. It's your, it's your response to that one small thing that you can do. And that's going to start. That's like, where you break the inertia of inaction. Exactly. And that is absolutely beautiful. So yeah, that is, there's, once again, Jim, there's so many power things in this episode and all of that. I'm going to bring it all together now and ask you three impact questions. What this okay. is, is just three quick questions, short questions. So let's short answers, just so people can have that last few um, action items in their head of what they can take away and do perhaps after this discussion. Because as you mentioned, taking action is one of the biggest things that you should do. If, if it's just knowledge in your head, that means nothing to anyone. So right. let's get to this. So what is one small action we can take after this discussion today to reinforce a stronger and more empowering belief around our potential? Ask yourself the question, what kind of person do I want to be? And start one sheet of paper where the answer to that is, is built over time. Consider over the next two or three months, you're going to flesh this out into a good description. But for right now, all you want to do is capture some images or impressions. What kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be respected by my friends? Do I want to be a good person? Do I want to be a creator? Do I want to be a giver? Do I want to be a supporter, a helper? And these don't have to exclude each other. You can do all these things ultimately, but write them down. Uh, do I want to be a person who's famous or do I want to be a person who's rich? Is it either or? Can I do both? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, do I want to travel the world? Do I want to come up with an original idea? Do I want to, you know, whatever. What kind of person do you want to be? A good father, mother, you know, husband, wife? Um, the more clear the picture of the person you want to be, the more you can move to step number two. Step number two is every day ask this question. How would the person I want to be do what I'm about to do? So everything you do is done as the future you would do it, not as the current you would do it or the past you. So think like an oak. That's from his acorn principle. Guys. There you go. Think like the tree, not like the seed. Come on, guys. If you don't get this, this is one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. <laughs> the idea around <laughs> this, like it's so fascinating and powerful. So yeah, think like an oak. What would you do of the person of you envision yourself to be? What would that person do? And that is or, extremely or powerful. Or think like a forest. Yeah. Even not bigger. Not like an acorn. Because yeah. an acorn can foster a forest that covers the globe. Extremely and a person can stimulate an idea and an action that begins a world. You know, it's just like the, the coronavirus. One, one person was the beginning of that, patient zero, and it went worldwide. Okay. That same thing in a positive sense can be done by people with an idea, with an action, with a, a like with a cell phone, mm -hmm. you know, invent something, give something, do mm -hmm. something, think something, say something. There you go, guys. There's one small action that you can take off of this discussion. And then second, what is one thing we can stop doing that is limiting Ooh. our potential? What is that one thing that you suggest people do? Perhaps it's something personal. Perhaps it's something that okay. you experience. What is that yeah. one thing? Stop thinking that barriers are permanent. No barrier has ever been permanent. Everything we ever thought of doing that we thought was impossible mm. has been ultimately done. So stop thinking of anything as, oh, I'm no good at that. No, I used to be no good at yeah. that. Uh, I haven't, I, I've never uh, been able to understand X. Um, Add the word Y-E-T, yet. I haven't been able to understand that yet. 
maybe the way I study it has been wrong. Like if you're not good at math, okay, you don't have to be good at math. You just got to be able to figure out numbers in a way that's meaningful to your life. So who could simplify that for you? And what's an easier way to think about it? I've never been strong and fit. Okay. So could you make your left arm stronger? How? What about lifting things and exercising and stretching it? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll get to your right knee next. But <laughs> first, just do the left arm. Could you strengthen your grip by just squeezing a rubber ball? Yeah. Okay. Find one. You know, put on your running shoes and step out the door. You don't have to run. Just stand out there in your running shoes like an idiot and don't run. Once and again. And then you'll start yeah. thinking, gee, I could at least walk. <laughs> And, you know, this feels pretty good. I guess I could run to the next tree. Exactly. And there you go. You know, you've run five miles before you know it, a few months later. Um, that's the thing to stop doing. Stop thinking of, of limitations as permanent. Your mind is automatically designed, genetically designed to keep you safe. Hmm. So what it does is it asks, what do I want? I want ice cream. And then it does a scan to tell you if that's available. And th that scan is for the purpose of identifying the target and the threats, the dangers. Okay. So whatever it is you want, I want a new car. I want a bigger life. I want a, a person to fall in love with. I want whatever. Um, you're, you, you immediately start scanning the world to see if it's there. And if you don't see it, you say, I don't see it. No sense wasting my energy. I'll give up. And of course, you'll never see it. But if you say, okay, I don't see it. What was that word? Yet. Yet. Then you keep looking and you look more intelligently until you find a path. Hey, maybe that's a good way. Mm. And you go in that direction. But your mind's also going to always look for dangers. And so when you say, we want to build um, a whole new division of our company. Your mind immediately says, okay, that's the goal. What are the obstacles? We don't have the money to do that. Mm. Well, that's where most people stop. Mm. They turn to each other and say, yeah, but we don't have the money to do that. Yet, that's just one of the problems to solve. That's just one of the, the fences to climb over, right? That's simply an obstacle. It's not a barrier. And, and uh, so that's a big deal, learning that style of thinking. That is quite a, that's quite a big deal. So guys, stop thinking and seeing your limitations as permanent and see that you can actually break through that. And the word that comes to mind is um, what I've learned about is the growth mindset. They also speak about yeah. this yet word, which is, okay, all this and this, it's fine, but yet, add that yet. And it just adds that, okay, there's the still some potential. between thinking scarcity, which mm -hmm. is without the yet, and thinking abundance, which is with the yet. I love that. And then last impact question would be, one, what is one character trait that we can embody as people from other successful people around us? Like, what is that one thing that just is that, you know? It's gratitude. Gratitude. Love it. Thankfulness. Yes. Thankfulness. Why? That is the master emotion. Why? Well, because gratitude is magnetic. When you are a grateful person, when you're a person who not only says thank you, but actually expresses it, actually means it other people feel drawn to you it's it's that it is magnetic it, it makes them want to do more for you there's a psychological uh seeming contradiction that they've proven many times in studies over the years we feel more indebted to someone when we help them than we do when they help us isn't that bizarre that is bizarre so what's the greatest thing you can do? Cultivate gratitude. Be thankful for what you have, for the opportunities you've been given, for the ideas, for the friends, for the learning experiences you've had, painful or not. Be thankful all the time and look for ways to express your gratitude. When I see a beggar on the street like I've seen in China with some horrible disability like no arms or gnarled legs or something like that, if they are just the slightest bit cheerful or interactive, I will stop 
and I'll either sit on the ground beside them or stand directly in front of them, making eye contact, and I'll smile, make a small contribution, and then I'll thank them for that opportunity. And when I walk away, I'm taller and I feel better. And they feel not only that they got some money, forget the money, they just got acknowledged as a fellow human being of equal status, which is something they never experience in their lives. Be a grateful person, be a, a thanker, a giver. I told my son yesterday, he was talking about his company. He said, our people are working really hard to deal with the, the uh, coronavirus crisis. And I said, then tell your executive team, we are the gratitude brigade. It's our task to cause all 600 of our employees to feel our gratitude for their dedication. I said, now be careful because many of your coworkers will tell you, oh, I did that. I said, thank you like five times. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you said it 5 million times if they didn't feel it. Mm. Gratitude's not about expressing. It's about receiving. You want to make sure they felt that you were genuinely thankful for whatever it is you're talking about. Awesome. That makes so much sense. Uh, the, the person on the other side needs to feel the gratitude. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense because that's the whole purpose of gratitude, I'm assuming. It's yeah. I said thank you. <laughs> well, that's just, a, that's just an arrogant, I, I got mine. Now, the fact that you don't have yours is not my problem. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's that arrogant uh, uh, point of view. No, it doesn't matter if you said thank you. Show them that you're grateful. Yeah, makes sense. Guys, sorry for stretching that out, but this is what happens when two fanatical people get together. <laughs> so, Jim, where can people get hold of you if they want to learn a little bit more, they want to get involved, or they want to get whatever Just you have to offer? go on the internet. Just Jim Cathcart, C-A-T-H-C-A-R-T. My website's cathcart.com, but I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Vimeo. I'm on... Um, Facebook. Uh, all the big know, ones, yes. Yeah, yeah, all, right. all the big guys. Okay, so WeChat, those... I'm in there. Wow, right? awesome, yes. WeChat, uh, WhatsApp, not so much, but certainly WeChat because of China. And um, That makes sense. And if you want to drop me an email, it's info, I-N-F-O, at cathcart.com. Awesome. So, guys, if you're still tuned in, thank you so much for listening all the way. And if you want to get in touch with uh, with Jim, I'm going to put all those links into the show notes of the episode together with the two names of his books and the links to those books. So you can just check that out. And it's an easy way to navigate to the books or to his content or to just get in touch with Jim. As you can see, he's an amazing person. So Jim, close your question. I also have a website, guitarmusiclive.com. Guitarmusiclive.com. And that's my musical website. And it has some videos of me playing and singing. It's got my album, my song list from my album called Fireside Songs and uh, a whole bunch of other things. It's a, it's a fun website. Um, I was thinking of one other thing, but it, it, I think that's enough, except <laughs> I, I want you to bring me and I want you to, to seriously consider putting together that weekend retreat we talked about a while ago. I'd love to do that. Me as well. Like I said earlier in this episode, and this is like now going to be accountable because there are so many people listening to the show, this episode, it really sets my soul on fire to speak about these things and to see other people learn from this and also transform their own lives. So guys, mm -hmm. if you found any value of this, I'm so happy. Um, Jim, just closing question for today is, in what way would you like to inspire, um, empower, or just motivate the world? What is that for you? My personal goal is to help other people live more abundantly. In the Bible, there's a passage where Jesus is talking, and he says, I've come that they would have life and have it more abundantly. Well, that, that sentiment is, is what drives me. I want to help other people live more fully. It's not about them thinking I'm wonderful. It's about them realizing that they're wonderful. And so the more people I can get to feel that way and start living that way, the more my life will have been fulfilled. Absolutely beautiful. Jim, thank you so much for just uh, being on this show. It was such a privilege just talking to you today and learning all these 
awesome things. I hope that the, those listening got also got a lot of value out of this today. And just thank you for helping people, you know, reignite that belief in themselves and helping people to understand motivation and how to motivate themselves in any situation. And just lastly, lastly, thank you for making a difference. I think that's that's one of the biggest oh, you're things. You're very welcome. And if you'll send me a link to this show once it's post, posted, I'll distribute it to my list as well. That'd be great. Jim, I'll talk to you soon. And that is a wrap for that episode. I'm sure you love that episode if you're still hearing my voice. Thank you so much for joining in. As usual, if you love the episode, please just shoot us a review over on iTunes if you're listening on there. Perhaps if your listening platform has got the functionality and the options to provide a review, please give us, give us a review. It just helps to get the episodes out. It helps us get the show out to more people so more people can listen to these types of conversations and join into these conversations. Other than that, whatever's been said today, put that into practice. Try and use one of those three action steps at the end. Try and think about them, try and incorporate them, try and embody some of that so you can just use that going forward and change some parts of your life take that first step take jim's advice and take that first step take that first leap and you will start seeing how your life changes just do that every single time when you get an opportunity and your life will continue to move forward and you will start to expand your potential guys thank you so much for joining in and i really appreciate you going all the way i appreciate you spending time with me i really appreciate that you have listened all the way through and are consuming all these ideas and spending your valuable time on this show and last call to action would be that if you want to join a like-minded community please go on to exploringpossibility.co.za and click community that's where we continue the discussions and we go a little bit deeper into what we say yeah it's where we expand our potential in a way that can't be done just by listening to episodes so get into that group get part of the discussion start growing your potential growing your mindset strengthening that mindset of yours and moving and start moving forward and with this coronavirus thing going around just be safe and just keep loving man keep keep stay connected with people even if it's just online for now be grateful be awesome and always keep exploring possibility Cheers, guys.